Welcome to Behind the Screen, a bonus interview series from Forward Movement, featuring author conversations with our managing editor, Rochelle Thompson. Hi, welcome to an edition of Behind the Screen. Today, we're with Keith Gogan, the author of the June Forward Day-by-Day Meditations. Keith comes to us from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Welcome, Keith. Thank you, Rochelle. Good to have you with us today. Uh, it was great to be a part of your process and writing and editing and learning more about you. For our listeners, tell us a little bit more about yourself. I'm a English professor at a private Christian university in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I also teach wilderness backpacking there as well. And of course, that is one of my avocations. I just love being outside, um, regardless of the weather. I prefer the cold and snow to anything else. Uh, I'm married and I have a dog. And what kind of dog do you have? It's a golden doodle, something I didn't know existed till about a year and a half ago when my wife said, I want one of those. <laughs> and what's the, what's the dog's name? Uh, Marcy. It's named Marcy. after the highest peak in New York State, Mount Marcy, because uh, uh, my wife and I climbed that uh, a few summers back. And I'm originally from New York State myself. That's wonderful. Well, tell us a little bit. You talked about your avocation being hiking and wilderness backpacking. How did you get started in that? Um, tell us a little bit about that exper those experiences. I grew up in the uh, smack in the middle of the largest track for and east of the Mississippi. It's called Adirondack State Park in northern New York. Mm -hmm. It's about six to seven million acres of mountains, forests, rivers, and lakes, over 2,000 lakes. And I had the great gift of having grown up there. So I grew up hiking and canoeing and all that stuff. And then um, just uh, when I moved out west here to go to college, I discovered the Rockies. So I started going in that direction. And I've made 109 trips to the Rocky Mountains since 1984. Wow. Wow. And do you have a particular peak you want to climb or um, kind of a, a goal set in mind? Not really. I try not to quantitate, uh, make make quantitative that created. I, I don't try to, I avoid making that quantitative. Um, if I see a mountain and I like the way it looks, I'll go ahead and try to climb it. That's how I do it. And do you climb much outside of the U.S. or primarily in the U.S.? Primarily in the U.S., but I've done some hiking in uh, England and a little walking in France, but mostly in this country. Okay. Now, some of your meditations talk about this avocation of hiking and your relationship, the relationship to faith. Uh, talk yeah. to us a little bit about that. Well, um, I know it has become somewhat of a cliche, but we can certainly learn much about God's character by what, what God has created. Mm -hmm. So I see that in in uh, his non-human creation, uh, especially weather patterns and, and uh, things like that. One of the most spiritual experiences I ever had was skiing to work here in Tulsa in a blizzard we had about 10 years ago. Wow. It sort of reminded me that, uh, that um, uh, man isn't the center of the universe, and there 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 are forces out there that uh, are a lot more powerful than we are. Yeah, uh, it was rather humbling. Yeah, uh, and also just the the separation from all the electronic chatter and input that we get that we can find out there in wilder spaces, um, 
opportunity for solitude and introspection, reflection, all of those good things. Um, yeah, I, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't see the outdoors as my church because my church is my church, but it, it's definitely a, it's a, it's, it's an alternate space in which I can uh, encounter God. That's fantastic. One of the other things that you share in your meditation is that you have some of the markers of Asperger's syndrome. And I wondered if you talked a little bit about that, if there are opportunities and challenges that that presents in writing or in your life of faith. Yeah, I'll start with the opportunities, um, at least the way it, it surfaces in me. And, and it's been said that if you've seen one person with Asperger's, you've not seen them all. <laughs> but um um, it helps me with organization. I, I cannot function without organization. Um, and it also helps me with articulation and um, just staying on top of things, being extremely intentional about everything. Right. <laughs> I, set, I set out my breakfast uh, uh, tray the night before. I make my lunch the night before. Everything is done ahead of time, organized, prepared. And that way I don't have a whole lot of stress in my life. So right. that that's a, a, a plus. Uh, a negative is uh, sometimes I really don't understand what how other people are engaging with the world, especially if it's from emotion. Um, I could go to a football game and see people around me cheering and I have no idea what they're doing. It just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so shifting into the spiritual um, religious contexts that are largely emotional just utterly escape my um, fascination. I just don't understand what's going on there at all. And of course, in an environment like uh, many of the churches here in Tulsa, um, it's uh, I've just found that I've, I've found a home in the Episcopal Church where people really don't care about what you feel because it's not about what you feel. Um, it's it's what you what you do and what you believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess that organization and focus is pretty good for being a wilderness backpacking instructor. Kept me alive so far, Rochelle. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a good thing. Well, as you were writing these meditations, um, did you have a particular uh, time of day or a particular um, uh, practice for you to begin engaging in the meditations or a particular writing practice that you might want to share? I don't recall any particular system. I, I do. I think I made a, a, a like daily goal of of writing a certain number per week, but I don't recall what that is. But that way, I, I stayed on track and I didn't do it all at the last minute or anything like that. Right. So I took it very incrementally. Right. And uh, got a lot of feedback from my wife too, because as any, anybody who writes knows, you don't. It's not a solo project. You 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 should show others your drafts and and get their uh, feedback. You know, not not have them write it for you, of course, but but uh, or no plagiarism, but but simply get their feedback. And my wife was very helpful with that, exposing some gaps in my logic or uh, places where I could have made something more clear. Yeah, that's fantastic. What was the hardest thing for you to do, for you to write in this process? Probably uh, choosing a scripture and then finding what on earth to write about it. <laughs> um, you know, given given the limited number of, of scriptures that we have for right. uh, daily readings, uh, 
you really have to <laughs> dig deeply and find something in them. You know, it's not like you have 20 scriptures to choose from. You have right. a handful and you have to make it work. And that was, I have to admit, that was challenging. Mm-hmm. And it's a, s- a small number of words. So it's, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. As, as an English professor, you probably, uh, I would suspect you tell your students it's harder to write short than it is to write long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that uh, economy of words mm-hmm. and being able to tell a story <laughs> is important. Yes. Right yeah. down to the number. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talk about C.S. Lewis some in your meditations. Is he an author that has been important to you? Yeah, especially when I was kind of floundering in my faith, when when uh, when it all sort of came crashing down one day in 1985. Um he, he his nonfiction theological works were part of my recovery. I think um, he just made so much sense. He was so genial and not threatening either. Um, I don't like aggressive, threatening preaching. It just doesn't work with me at all. And he was very um, logical too. You could tell this man was a thinker. Mm-hmm. I mean, he thought. You know, he was taught, of course, to think that way by his tutor, um, Kirkpatrick. I think was his name and. Um, you could see that that devotion to logic and um, his avoiding all sorts of kinds of um, errors in his logic. So it it really worked for me. Yeah, you said things came crashing down in 1985. This was this a a, a turning point in your life? Yeah, it was an implosion of my faith. Actually, um, up to that, I, I was raised Roman Catholic from. Uh, baptism to about 10 years then my parents went uh, non-denominational evangelical and I uh, sort of endured that for several years but it was just a bad fit for me just a really bad fit right I just felt constant shame about being myself about being you know my Asperger's had a lot to do with that too just just approaching things kind of unemotionally and and logically Mm -hmm. Uh, I just felt horribly horribly convicted about that stuff until one day I just said I I can't take this pain of conviction anymore if God doesn't like me the way I am then um, I don't need him and then something happened that turned that right around and then I started my recovery and C.S. Lewis was part of that among many um, good uh, Christian authors N.T. Wright other people Mm -hmm. and then you found the Episcopal Church yes I did yep I (laughs) after my adventures in evangelicalism. I spent 20 years actually in a Presbyterian church to kind of cleanse the palate. And then uh, one of my colleagues here who had been my professor when I was a student here at Oral Roberts University uh, turned me on to the Episcopal Church. And I think I've been there about 15 years now. That's wonderful. Well, for Forward Day by Day, um, is there something that you hope readers will take from the experience of your writing in June? I hope so. Um, Mainly hope. You know, we all need hope now. This has been one hellacious year for everybody around the world, not just in this country. Right. And hope and just uh, the idea that God loves us. You know, he wants the best for us, contrary to some people's opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a delight to talk with you and it was a delight to read your meditations. That's one of the joys of my job is I get to read them oh, early. Yeah. And so it was a delight to be able to spend time with them and to spend time with you today. Well, thank you, Rochelle. Nice to, nice to meet you, even virtually. 
<laughs> All right. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. Bye.